Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Oh yeah. Father, we just thank you for your presence here right now. I honour your spirit, Lord. Thank you for rhema words. Thank you for revelation because nothing is impossible with a rhema word for God. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit speaking to each one of us uniquely and individually as each of us require. Thank you for the revelation that has flowed and the healing that has flowed through worship, Father, because you're enthroned there. Your power is there in worship. But Father, also in the Word today, I thank you. Each scripture that I speak, each word that I speak, Father, I thank you for revelation today. Individual, unique for each person. Revelation to answer to open up another realm of your goodness, open up another realm of your glory, Father. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake hands with someone around you or elbow bump. Hey, I've got a cast on my arm. Some of you have noticed, some haven't. Either way, I'm telling you, I've got a cast on my arm. It's been on there for like two and a half weeks. And um, during that time, you wouldn't believe how much my um, forearm has shrunk. It's shrinking. Like on a daily basis, it's getting smaller and smaller. And I'm really worried about it because I'm thinking, when I get this thing off, I'm going to have this skinny little arm. Like it's going to be puny. When you don't use something, you lose it. Use it or you lose it. I used to have a badge my mum gave me when I was young. Back in the 70s, when big badges were all the go, the bigger the badge, like I remember mum putting a badge on my shirt one day and I just went over, you know, like it was, and it had on it, use it or you lose it. I love that badge. I walked around with that badge, didn't fully comprehend it until I lost that badge because I didn't use it. Some of us haven't been using our voice. It atrophies. It dries up. It dies. Some of us don't pray except pray for what we need, not pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Our Father who is in heaven, how glorious is your name. We just come in, God, why is this happening? Why don't you fix this? Why don't you? We need to actually not be atrophied so we just do the bare minimum. Give me my daily bread now. No, no, no. Don't forget all the rest of it that's in there as well, because that's the harmony of bringing us into the presence of God. That's the harmony of us connecting. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. It will atrophy. Praying in the Spirit, it will atrophy. It will dam up. Reading your Bible and getting revelation, it will atrophy and it'll dry up. Don't let it dry up. Use it. Don't lose it. Use it. Don't lose it. I can't wait to be able to, you know... (laughs) Gee, that arm's puny too. I better work on it. Okay. Hey, I, I found this in my drawer. I don't know whose it is. It's an eight ball. Who, who's ever played with the, the magic eight ball? Okay, a few of you. I've had a go with the magic eight ball. Magic eight ball, it's, this isn't a magic eight ball. It just reminded me of one. You know the big ones you get? And you ask it a question and it says, yes, it's definitely going to happen. Or this is going to, and it's a predictive thing. Some people live their lives by the magic eight ball. Now you laugh at that, don't you? You, Joe, you think, no one would be that silly. We all are that stupid. 
that we go, gee, that was lucky. Whoa, I nearly, this nearly happened. Gee, that was lucky. I just got this. Wow, you're lucky. No, 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 no. That's atrophied faith right there. That has died. You are, now my grandmother, can I just share a little bit of Grandy with you? She would go, luck, that comes from the name of Lucifer. That's the old Nick. That's what that is. You're trusting in old Nick. And I'm not, I'm only this little kid and I'm going, who's Nick, grandma? (laughs) And she'd give me a beating. (laughs) No, she was a lovely lady. I just remember a few of those beatings, you know, like. She used to hit me with a fly swat. And it broke and I was like, hallelujah. I was a little kid. And then one day I see her walking in with a brown paper bag because it was back in the early 70s. And she's walking in and there's a brand new fly swat in it. And I'm going, oh no, here comes hell. And I grabbed it out of there when she put it down. I ran outside and I bent it around a veranda post and snapped it in half. Like, I won't be oppressed by you. So she got the wooden spoon and smacked me with that. How, how many of you, when she got to the whisk, that's when I was in trouble. <laughs> And you don't want to ever get down to the spaghetti ladle. You know, those spikes. You don't want to be hit with those. So we say it's lucky. Lucky in life. Oh, oh, why aren't I as lucky as that? It's not about luck. When something good happens, do you know what? We have a Father in heaven we can thank for. For all good things. All amazing things that happen in our life. Good or bad. We get to thank Him in all seasons. Because something happens when we do. Scripture tells us to give God all honor, all glory, all majesty, all riches, all praise. And I'm like thinking, but he's got it all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills already. How, what more riches does he need from my life? Anything that I produce, anything that I can give, any riches that I get, honor God with it. Any glory that I get, that's because of God. Not, notwithstanding that, yeah, I, I did that too, but no, God, you've made me like this. It's not a fake humility. It's a redirection of honor and glory and the, and the purpose of it. Yeah, God made me like this. I've got a gift in this area. I'm not just lucky. I've got a gift. This is a God-appointed thing. We had a little baby here. I'm looking at him thinking, what has he got inside him? That, that potentially now, you know, we've got babies that are going to be born soon. Ben and Tina are having a baby. You know, what's that little baby going to be like? I see babies everywhere and it's like, I love babies because that's a miracle of God right there. But we've got to teach them the principles of God. God says, give and it'll be given unto you a good measure. Press down, shaken together. Give and it'll be given unto you. Look at that, rebound. All I have to do is give, and it comes back. I don't know who this is for today, but you've got to give. I missed it. You're afraid that if you give, you won't be lucky enough to receive it back. But look, come back. It's a good measure. Press the, oh, chipping tooth. (laughs) I put my head down. That's why you don't look around when you've got a mic in your mouth. I think I dropped one of my hairs on my, there we go. It's a little bit, excuse me for my messed up hair. Feels like a spider web now. So Luke 2, 
give and it'll be given unto you. A good measure. It's not luck. You're in the purposes of God. It's not luck. Get the luck out of your head. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your bestowing many blessings on me. I've got five minutes now. So where do we go? What I've really had on my heart, because I've got a heap of scriptures here and we're not going to get to them, but if you want them, just ask me. I'll send them to you. Um, But I've just been astounded by the perspective that God's been giving me lately, how Jesus was, he came as a human. Now, he was God, but he discarded everything that was godly, everything that was divine, and became human. And God did this so that we could see the example of Jesus and say, I can do it too. I can live a life that is righteous because he's now made us righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Jesus. When we're in Jesus and his life is in us, remain in me and my word remains in you and you can do anything. Apart from me, we can do nothing, Jesus said. So the Christmas story goes. Joseph and Mary miraculously have an encounter with an angel. Mary gets pregnant. And I, but it also says that he was the son of Joseph. And he was of the line of David. But I'm thinking all his genetic material is just Mary. There is no Joseph. And then I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking, did God actually use, did the Holy Spirit use Joseph DNA? divinely, I don't know. Do you think it's possible? I even think it's probable. Not just possible, but probable. Because he was in the line of David, not just in title, he was in the line, a son of David. So I don't know. But God miraculously made a virgin pregnant. Never happened before, never happened since, except with artificial insemination but I still don't think they're virgins. So anyway, because <laughs> I've all tried. Yeah. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor, and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. Get this. She wrapped the newborn baby in strips of cloth, and Mary and Joseph laid him in a feeding trough in a manger. So many people get this wrong. I'm only doing a correction here. We go, oh, he was born in a manger. No, 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 no. Just think like Italians. Manger. Manger, 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 manger. It's where you eat. The manger was the trough where they, the feed and the cattle, oh, sorry, the cattle fed and drank from this trough. Now, it's quite incredible where they were. Because you remember in Matthew, it says that they came in and there were, or, or in Mark, one of those other ones, and there was no room for them because this was the first census and everyone had to go back to their original homes, go back to their original towns. So there wasn't any like, oh yeah, I'm in New Guinea and I'm sending in my citizenship papers. No, 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 they're actually all in the same town, recorded in the same town. So, But the, everyone that had come from this little town of um, Bethlehem had now converged back there. So the place was full. Mary turns up, she's pregnant. So there's no place for them to stay, but she's pregnant. She's about to give birth. There is something really 
unique about Bethlehem that they had this place um, outside where all the Passover lambs were born and, and segregated. And they were done in caves. They were actually caves that were hewed out and the troughs, the mangers were hewed out in stone as well. The shepherd, they were called pre-shepherds, but um, and there's a little bit of speculation over this because we're not told anything about this. This has all just been gained through historical understanding. But there's some people that contradict it and say, but it's not in the Bible. If it was important, then it'd be in the Bible. It was part of their culture. Everyone knew that it was back then. So they didn't actually need to talk about this aspect of it because it was just everyday life. We don't know everyday life like they had it back then. So we actually need a perspective. Their worldview was different to our worldview. Each one of us have a worldview. From the moment that we're born, we start adopting a worldview. We are shown by our parents what our world is truly like. And we grow up understanding that this is how the world operates, but it's unique to each one of us. We all have a totally unique and fractured worldview. Okay, I want, to, I want to set that as a precedent this morning, and it's probably my only point. We have, <laughs> it's a good point though. Start thinking about what your worldview is, because when you come across um, triumphs in your life, your worldview will then result in how you deal with that. If you go across some really bad stuff in your life, your worldview will try and interpret why that's happened. Many people think, oh, well, if this bad thing's happened to me, then God must be angry with me and God's judging me and actually he's, he's trying to force me to change at the moment when God's saying, no, well, actually, James says, count it pure joy when you suffer trials of many kinds. Not that God wants you to be suffering trials all the time, but he wants us to be aware that our worldview, that God's got it. You're still moving. You're still doing good. You're still working for good, God. You're still working for good. So Jesus was born potentially in one of these. It wasn't a little shack out the back of the inn. No, it was a sterilized, purpose-built, well, not built, but it was a cave. It could have been hewn out, but it was a purpose-built, sterilized room to, for the Passover lambs, very specific. They were important things. The Passover lambs were so important because without a pure baby lamb, without a lamb, without mark, without blemish, your sins were not forgiven. You had to do it like this. It was so important so that you could eradicate the sin from your life. But you know what? It wasn't perfect because they had to keep on doing it. That's why God sent Jesus. That nice night in a field near, near Bethlehem. Get my, my, my words right. Verse 8. Shepherds were watching over their flocks. I was wondering, why are the shepherds included in this? Eh, because they were unique um, shepherds. They understood what was going on when the angel spoke to him. Um, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor. Is that an understatement? <laughs> radiant splendor. What does that look like to you? Radiant splendor. Anybody? It's pretty good. Like I'm thinking, 
This would be a spectacular thing. Johnny Baker came out yesterday, mowed my lawns for me because I'm an invalid. I started parking in the handicap zones. And I get out and I go, it hasn't worked yet. So, and while he was out mowing the lawns, I was standing next to him and a lightning strike went off right above our heads yesterday afternoon. Has that ever happened to anyone? There's a bit of radiant splendor there, isn't there? When a, a flash and the lightning go off at the same, like the, and you're just like, okay. John kept mowing. I just ran inside. I said, Lord, protect him. Look after him while he's mowing my lawns. Chester, get in here. Get out. So, suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. Oh, okay. No, they were terrified. They were like just frozen with fear, it says. But the angel reassured them saying, don't be afraid for I have come to bring you good news. I have come to bring you gospel. I have come to give you hope. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. There's been a lot of bad news lately. Isn't it great that we get good news? And we get to remind ourselves of that good news on a daily basis. When stuff's going wrong, you just go, Jesus, you've done it. You've done everything that I require. Father, what's the next step? Holy Spirit, show me what my next step is. Oh, He reassured them, for today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Lord God, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miraculous sign. What? He'll be hovering. He'll have an LED-like halo over his head. He'll be what? I walk in there and it'll be dark except for the room will be illuminated. No, the miraculous sign is this. (laughs) You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in the feeding trough. Strips of cloth and riding in the trough. What? Is that the miraculous sign? Then all at once, the night sky, I'm sorry, in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared. The very armies of heaven, very armies of heaven. And they all praise God singing. You know when you get like a big choir and they sing? Imagine what this was like. No one would have missed it. They started singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is now peace and good hope given to the sons of men, given to the children of men, of mankind. And when the choir of angels disappeared and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's hurry and find the word, the rhema the Logos. Let's find the Word who is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they hurried off and found their way to Mary and Joseph. Now, they would have known the place is packed. Well, they've gone into the city. The place is packed. Well, maybe it's out. If it's wrapped in cloth, strips of cloth, because what they, the shepherds used to do was when the Passover lambs were born and they came out white, not marked, not 
not stained or any other color. They came out white. They would put them in a swaddling garment and then they would wrap strips of cloth around them and they would lay them in the trough that's there, this, this stone trough that's there. It was all sterilized. It was all clean. It was kept there for the, the um, birth of the Passover. They went in and found Jesus. They are like, this would be the place that it's meant to be. So they go to this place. They find him in there. And the Passover lamb, he is actually wrapped up in a swaddling cloth with strips of cloth wrapped around him in the same way the Passover lamb was, was done. So they then are amazed at this. And upon seeing this miraculous sign, we've got to not overlook this. We go, that's not a miracle. Yes, it is. How many miracles do we encounter? And we go, that's not a miracle. That's just something that happened. And we lose the spectacle. We lose the glory of it. We lose the miraculous wonder. It doesn't spark that, that hope in us. It's just, go, oh, that's just another event. No, it's not. Start sparking your amazement. Start having those eyes of heaven that we're looking at, that fresh vision from heaven. Because our worldview can change. Most of, the world's, most of the world, their worldview cannot change. All it can do is slide. And whenever anything slides, it always goes down. But the thing is, we are encouraged to lift our vision high. We're actually, don't let your vision slide. Don't let your perspective slide. Keep it going up. Now, this is the encouragement that we have through Jesus. Not only was he the perfect one that was born, he came in human form. Listen to this in Philippians um, two five. This is the scripture that talks about this. In your and I love this because it, oh, it just grabs this this worldview perspective really well. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same worldview, heaven view, perspective of life that Jesus had. Don't know why I'm doing this, but uh, I don't know. I'm dr I'm trying to drum it in. The worldview the perspective that we have in our relationships with one another has to be the same mindset that Jesus, and, and listen to this, who being in very nature, in character, in identity, in, in um, appearance, God. He was God. He did not consider equality with God or being the same as God, being divine and having all this authority and power um, from God Something to be used to his own advantage. Has anyone ever thought about what that actually means? He did not consider being God something to be used to his own advantage. He knew he had a job to do. He knew that God the Father had assigned him to come to earth. He could do it in glorious splendor and just turn up and say, I'm the Messiah. Believe in me. And I'll do miracles and you'll have miracles in your... But that wasn't God's plan. Because God wanted to show us how to live as humans because he loves our human nature. He's put it in, but he wants us to govern our human nature. And through Jesus, we learn to govern the human nature. Oh, how I wish I wasn't human sometimes. Oh, how I wish I didn't have these faults and weaknesses and things that go on in my life that, that cause me to stumble and fail. 
But that's the very thing that God loves about me because he wants me to be dependent on him to govern and bridle those areas of my life. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who bridle themselves, for they will get a great world view. They will inherit every glory, every beauty, everything that there is from the earth, and they won't miss out on a thing. I love it when I can just walk along and that sunset last night was amazing. Very short, hardly anything to it, but it was different to the one before that. And the 10 million before that. Who being in the very nature God did not consider it a quality with God to be something used to his own advantage. That word advantage means he could have come in glory, but he, he decided to submit to God's perfect plan. He didn't want to plunder God's plan. He did not want to steal from God's plan. He didn't want to take his own. That's what that word advantage means. He didn't want to rob God. He didn't want to steal from God. He didn't want to plunder God's plan to his own advantage. This would be so much easier if I just, you know, when he could have just done it, but he didn't. He could have come in his glory. It would have been so much bigger and vast than all the army of, of heaven coming. The earth couldn't contain all the armies of heaven, but wah, but he chose it to discard all of this to be a servant. Rather, he made himself nothing or human. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself as a man, he could have still walked around like, I'm the son of God. He ha- I don't think, there's some different translations, but you will be very hard pressed to find a time where Jesus actually says, I'm the son of God. I am the Messiah. He gets everyone else to confess it. Even when Pontius Pilate says, are you really king of the Jews? Are you the son of God? He says, you said so. I am. He just makes that statement. I am, you said so. He didn't do it. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on a cross. (laughs) Not just lived a life and died, but he lived a life and died an horrific death that was prophesied hundreds of years before crosses and the punishment of cross was even thought of. It was prophesied that he would die on a cross. That guy didn't know what he was saying. He's just like, He's going to die in a tree. He's going to be hung up. And unless he's lifted up, he can't draw people to himself. Romans 8 says this, Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness, clothed with humanity. Jesus gets it. Jesus gets it. That's why he said, Father, forgive him. They think this is their worldview to, to brutalize me and to kill me and to, to destroy me, to get me out of the way. But they, their worldview is limited. Their perspective is limited. Forgive them, Lord. Forgive them. They've been brought up in this cruel empire. That Forgive them, Lord. Forgive them. And Stephen getting stoned and he cries out the same thing. Forgive them, Lord. Forgive them. Because he knows and under, Jesus understood our human frailty and weaknesses. Clothed in humanity, God's Son gave His body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. 
where the lamb had to be raised every year and brought in and it had to be perfect, a perfect lamb, the son of God, God himself dethroned himself and was born as a baby, a little baby. Imagine what his perspective was because in Luke, it finishes up, um, everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished at what they told. He's the Passover lamb. He was done up like a Passover lamb. And the angel said, go and find him. He'll be, he'll be strapped up like a Passover lamb. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what that meant. Her worldview was being changed right there. She had an angel appear to her, but now there's other people coming and telling her, your son is special. Your son, this is how it was announced to us on a mountainside, your son has come. So at some point, this would have been shared with Jesus. He was still a baby, he was still a child raising up. But this would have been told to Jesus in a way that Jesus stayed humble, stayed in that place where his worldview was, Father, your way, your way. Thank you, Father. Oh, I had so much to share with you this morning. It's all right. Plenty of time. There's so much exhortation in Scripture to, um, about things. But Kylie spoke about one just then on our Wednesday nights. And last week, people were getting prayed for, and it was awesome. We're just going to just spend a few minutes praying now. Is that all right? Can I just read a scripture? James 5, this starts off so beautifully. It says, woe to you, rich. You think you've got it all. I love James. <laughs> He's just like straight to the point. He like comes out boxing straight away. But he makes this comment in James 5, 13. Are there any believers in your fellowship suffering great hardship and distress? Then encourage them to pray. Are there happy, cheerful ones amongst us? Encourage them to praise. <laughs> Are there any sick amongst you? Then they should ask the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. What an awesome statement. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up and sins will be forgiven. Verse 16 says, Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be eventually healed. Now I like this. It says instantly healed. Because honestly, I want to see some instantly healed. The other night somebody prayed over my hand. I, I meant to have this on for another four weeks, I think. And um, someone prayed over my hand and it started tingling right where it was broken. I go in this week for an x-ray and I'm like, this cast is coming off. Like, I don't want to wear this thing anymore. And so I'm speaking to it. You're healed. You're healed. You're healed. Cheese and bickies? What? <laughs> hey, that's starting to be like blue vein now. Like it's... <laughs> Confess and acknowledge how you've offended one another. Then pray for one another. Pray for one another. We need to break out in prayer for one another again. 
Some of us haven't prayed for our kids for a long time. Some of us haven't prayed for our partners for a long time. Some of us haven't prayed with our parents or for our parents or our children. I said that already. Okay. For one another for a long time. But it says here, pray for one another to be instantly healed. Instantly healed. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. There is tremendous power. This is why Jesus come, so that we mere humans could operate in the divine. He took off the divine to be a mere human, to show us how to live a godly life as a human. We say, but he was God. No, he wasn't. Not at that moment. It says he stripped and did not even access any of that divine nature that he could have. But he was connected to the Holy Spirit. He communicated regularly with his Father. He had the daily reading of Scriptures and he spent time with God all the time. And his conversation was primarily not about the weather, not about the Roman Empire, not about the restrictions that they put on what you had, could and couldn't do, how you had to carry things for them and how you had to bend over backwards for the Roman Empire. No, he never, hardly ever, he did a couple of times. Hardly, I was saying to somebody the other day, you know, in the Bible, when that talks about mountains, it's always an obstacle in your road, except when it's the mountain of the house of the Lord and then you got to, that's what you want to climb up. And, and fire is always a condemnation of God, except when it's the Holy Spirit that falls on you and it's a fire of God, and, you know, and, and snakes, that's always bad, except when it was elevated on that, on that staff and the bronze snake and it healed everybody. And you're like, there are no absolutes except God. And don't ever think that God can't do something or He has to do it. Jump down, turn around, pick a bale of cotton. No, that's not how He operates. He's still working. He's still speaking. He's still moving. So right now, it's your chance to pray for somebody. And can I say, where's my little ball? When you pray for somebody, you're giving and it returns. It returns. It comes back to you. It comes back to you. Something gets broken when you pray for somebody else. When we dwell on our stuff too much, it gives us a bad worldview and not only that, bad mental health. Bad, 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 mental health. When we get to do something for someone else, when we get to pray as believers of Jesus, so can we stand to our feet? Father, thank you for your anointing here right now. I want the elders, older ones here to pray for the younger ones. I know most of our kids are out at the moment, but just go and find someone younger than you and pray for them. Now, you might go, but I don't know what to pray for. Just pray that God would have, their way, have His way in their life and that their worldview would shift in line with heaven. And if you're younger and you're like, but I don't, then I want you, the younger ones, to pray for the older ones. You might, you might think, but I, I don't know what to pray. Just copy what they pray for you. Just say, yes. Thank you that they encouraged me. I thank you. I received that encouragement. I received that in Jesus' name. And I ask for a blessing on that. It's, it's really easy. It's really, you don't have to complicate things. Just say, yes, Father, have your way. May your kingdom come. May, and as soon as you start unblocking that, when you start undamming that rivers of living water that are inside you, whoosh, starts to flow. 
Maybe we can have a couple of musicians up here. Or do you, yeah, I'm getting a note. Okay, go and find someone younger than you. And you might be like, I didn't come to church for this. Or if you're too embarrassed to do that, pray for the person sitting right next to you. That way you don't have to move. You can pray for me. I'm looking at you. Pray for them. Pray together. Pray for one another that you may be instantly healed. There is going to be instant healing in this room right now. If you're switched off, just say, Father, who do I need to pray for? Father, who do I need to speak to? Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.